for Bible school this week. Um, you know, I, I was talking to someone, a friend of mine this week. Gospel Quest is dismissed. Go ahead. Forget what I'm doing sometimes. Cheer them on, guys. Cheer them on. They're light in number with everyone we have uh, out this week, but uh, cheer them on nonetheless. We are, um, and if you're wondering about the videos, apparently storms took out Haley's internet, so it was uh, limited in, in what we could do as far as our welcome video and different things like that because she couldn't transfer them to us. So we're, uh, we're limping by. So I'm going to talk a little more than normal right now because I have some things to share with you that would have normally been in the announcements. But um, uh, after church today, most of you know we are staying after today to get decorated. Uh, a few came yesterday, but uh, we're staying after today to get decorated, to get ready um, for Bible school, whatever that means. Uh, if that means doing some stuff outside, I had meant to trim around the building yesterday, but got here in the uh, uh, the spool on my um, uh, weed eater uh, was empty, and uh, it's one of those goofy ones that you have to have a certain spool for, so uh, I didn't get that done, but we did get some of it cut and different things like that, so whatever it takes, we're going to get that done this afternoon. Uh, we do want to be in prayer for uh, Carl Becky, and most of all Thaddeus. Uh, who's sick, and I understand that uh, Brianne's crew is sick um, and need prayer this morning, so we need to keep them lifted up uh, and and prayed for. Uh, we also have several traveling either to vacation or on their way back from vacation. I know TJ and Medora uh, will be driving in tomorrow. Elaine and, and Bob and uh, Adam uh, are believers. They're already there, right? Yeah, yeah. So they were in uh, South Carolina on their way down to a cruise so we need to be in prayer for them and, uh, and all of those others that, that, aren't miss, that are missing this morning that we don't know uh, exactly why for. We want to lift them up in, in prayer and, and so forth this morning. But we want to be excited uh, about Bible school. And I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and I was just like, Bible school, Bible school, Bible school. And he was like, dude, every church does Bible school. And, and every church, ha- you know, da-da-da-da-da. Why are you so pumped and excited? And I said, if you've been through... What we've been through the last five years of not really having a place to call home and everything else and enduring and growing through that process to be able to say we're having our first Bible school, it's a big freaking deal, right? It's a big deal. And um, so we, we trust that you're excited. It might not be a big deal to the community or the kids or anybody else, especially my friend. I was going to punch him in the nose. but um, No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't. I don't think I was. Um, but anyway, it was, you know, it's a big deal to us for what God has done. Now, let me ask you a question. Does anybody know what was taking place a year ago this Sunday? Anybody? Huh? This was technically our first service in this building a year ago. If you remember, we came in here Saturday to, to kind of work and get some things prepped and ready, and we just started kicking butt on this place, getting things done, and we decided that we were going to go to the copper room and clear all of our stuff out on Sunday morning, bring it here, and we would wing a little service while we were getting this place ready, a year ago today, to the date, actually a year ago tomorrow, but as far as Sundays are concerned, a year ago today, yeah, praise the Lord for that, praise Him for that. Uh, so a year ago, we started this building, and what a, what a privilege God has given us in it, 
uh, and we should be thankful for that. So what I'm leaning up to say is that in two weeks, it will be a year from our declaration service where we declared this place a house of miracles and a house for the Lord uh, to do his work in. So this year, it will be our fifth anniversary. It will be our fifth anniversary. And it will be our first anniversary in this building. And it will be our dedication service. Declaration last year, we declared it for the Lord. This year, we are dedicating it. And uh, so we hope you're excited uh, for that. And some of you might be doing the math in your head and be like, well, that's first Sunday. What about first Sunday speaker? Bethany will speak the next week, right? Bethany will speak on the 13th. Uh, because we will do dedication Sunday next week, and I will be speaking um, as part of that. She will speak the next week, and then you're going to start seeing all these guys come back again over the next several months. So um, we are excited uh, about what God is doing, and that's okay. It's okay to be excited about what God um, is doing. So this morning, we're in chapter 20 of the book of Exodus, And the reality for me and the reality for you is that God intends to do a work in our life, right? God didn't just make us, right, to to live a a wasted life and die and and return to dust and, and not count for something in this life. God created all of us, Scripture tells us repeatedly, God created all of us in one way or another for purpose, right? He created all of us in some way to do something and accomplish something in His name, right? And and I think that's something we all know and we all understand and and we all kind of get that, but where we struggle is trying to figure out where we fit into that, right? And, And... It's so important that we understand that for us to figure out where we fit into that, we have to understand where God is and step into where God is, right? And so we've been been preaching this series from Exodus 19, and and this morning we'll start into Exodus 20, and and we've we've been really taking a good look at God's purpose for our life right? Does anybody remember what God said through Moses to the nation of Israel in the very first sermon of this series, God of the Mountain? Anybody remember? Just shout it out if you do. But don't shout it out if you're wrong, because that means I didn't do a good job. I didn't do a good job explaining it, right? In the very beginning, Exodus 19, God says to the people through Moses, I'm calling you mine. He says, I am calling you mine, and I am going to make you a holy nation, a royal priesthood. God says this to them, right? And, and he says to them, right, and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, I want you to wash Egypt off of you. And what is he saying? Yes, he wanted them to wash their clothes, but I think that was more figurative. It was more to get in their head than it was anything else to say, you have grown up in Egypt, 
You have only known their gods. You have only known what they have taught you and what they have shown you. However, I am the God that sent the plagues. I am the God who, who calls the seed apart. I am the God who brought all of these things to place that you might be delivered from Egypt and that you might step into all that I have for you. I'm going to claim you, and I am going to set you apart and make you a holy nation and a royal priesthood. Now clean yourself up. Pretty much what God said to him. Now clean yourself up. I've got things to do, and it involves you. Clean yourself up. Get yourself fixed. Consecrate yourselves. These are all things that he said those first two weeks of this series, right? Why? Because it was all about moving away from what we knew, moving away from what was comfortable, moving away from what we understood, whether it was good or bad, right? And stepping into everything that was God's, stepping into everything that had his name on it, right? Our lives are to become what God intended them to be. But for us to do that, we have to step out of the world we have to step out of sin, and we have to step out of the things that hold us here, right? And, and it's so important that we understand the importance of that, amen? Not because we can clean ourselves up. The way we step out of that is through and by Jesus Christ and his work on the cross of Calvary, dying for our sins. But the reality for us is we need, we need a way to God, Right? God tried to make a way for, for the nation of Israel, and God tried to make a way for all mankind to come to him through the law. And we see that it failed. Why? Because man wasn't strong enough. Man didn't have the constitution within himself enough to say no to the bad things. God's, God's plan was always to deliver man through the law. To, to present a sacrifice and a, and a means by which they could re, receive redemption through works, right? Through the process of, of bringing the sacrifices and, and allowing God to forgive them. But what we find is that didn't work. And so God now says, amen, I'm going to save you not through works because I don't want you boasting. Amen? Because those that presented themselves well, those that made themselves look good, those that cleaned themselves up and put on a fake appearance, right, had duped everybody and fooled everybody into thinking they were of God. And God even said, this isn't what I want. God even said, this isn't, this isn't going to make it, right? And so what God ultimately did was he sent his son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life, right? So we have a path to God. And what we find here in Exodus was God was trying to create a path for the nation of Israel. He was trying to create a way for them to say, I am God's. I belong to him, right? And in the beginning, he told them to clean themselves up. To consecrate themselves. And you know what he told me? He said, don't even, don't even visit your wife. Right? I want you that clean. Don't even visit your wife. I want you that clean when you stand before me. Now, he wasn't saying for all time, so everybody don't freak out. Right? But, but he was saying in that moment that they came into his presence, 
He was saying, because of what I want to bestow upon you, come to me as clean as you can. Right? And so, and so by that, what we see, and I'm still just summarizing the first two messages, and we're going to get into this morning's quick. What we see by that is they came to him, and God said, okay, great, but don't come any further. Right? Because otherwise, some of you are just going to come because you want to look. Some of you just want to see. Some of you just want to look at what I'm doing. Some of you just want to see my power. Some of you just want to see the, the holiness that I bestow and that I bring. But you don't want any part of it. You don't want any part of it. You're not willing, you're not willing to make the sacrifice for it to become part of your life. Amen? And I want to bestow my glory and I want to bestow my power on people who are ready to receive it and do the things that I want to do in their life. Amen? Now, what we, what we find is we find that uh, the people, when the lightning and the thunder and the smoke and the fire all began to come out of the mountain, and for those of you who were here last week, I'm in the last chapter of 19 summarizing, or in the last half of, the, of chapter 19 summarizing, what we find is the people began to fear. We see in verse 20 where they say, man, we saw what was going on while God was speaking to you, Moses, and we were afraid, and so we kind of we backed away. Amen? But what we find is when we bring ourselves pure to God, when we bring ourselves clean before God through the work of Jesus Christ for me and you, through the work of the law for them, what we find is there's no fear. There's no abomination. There's nothing to be concerned about. Why? Because we are bringing ourselves into the presence of God in the manner with which He wants. And what does He promise us that? Royal priesthood, holy nation, right? He promises His blessing and his hand on our life when we bring ourselves to him that way. Amen. And we have to come through Jesus Christ. But, but Israel began here. Israel began at this moment. In verse 20, we get what's known as the Ten Commandments. Right? And here's what it says. We're just going to read the first six to you this morning. Next week, you'll get the rest. It says, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, amen, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. What is he saying? He is saying that you were slaves. You were bound. You had zero freedom. You had zero power. You had zero glory for your life. You had nothing like what I can give you. You were in bondage, and I've set you free. Not only, did, not only did you come out of Egypt with everything that you went into with it, but you came out with more. Not only, not only did none of that perish, but I brought you across the, the Red Sea on dry ground, and still nothing perished. Not only are you out here in the middle of desert with no food, no water, no nothing, and yet I am feeding you from manna every single day. I am providing what you need every moment of every day. And God makes us the same promises. God promises us, amen, that he will meet our need through Jesus Christ. He will meet our need through his very riches of glory, which is his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life 
Amen? And so what he's calling us to is he's calling us to this idea that of his greatness. He's calling us to this idea uh, of how wonderful and how powerful he is. And he is saying, if you simply step into all that I offer, then I will give you all I have. Amen? Does that sound familiar? Who else did he make that promise to? We've talked about this many times over the last several months. Amen? He made the same promise to Adam and Eve. Amen? Don't eat of that tree. Amen? Don't eat of that tree, but you can eat of every other tree in the garden. You can have everything. I'll give you dominion over the animals. I'll give you dominion over the earth. Amen? And, and we see that heaven is designed in the same manner with which the garden was designed in. Amen? Because God intended to give them all of him. All of him. And I think this is, this is something you say, well, man, this keeps coming up in every series that, that you're doing today. And, and I didn't plan it that way, but it, it does seem to do that. But I think it's because God's really trying to get our attention. And he's really trying to say to us, do you really want it? Do you really want it? I hold it all. I have it all. I will give it all. But do you want it? Amen? If so, come to me through my son and approach me. Amen? What God said was, I don't want the people who just, who just want to peek in. But I want, I want the people who, who will give me all that they have. Amen? We were, I was talking in a, in, a, in a group of people the other day, and, and we were talking about um, the, the churches and, and how churches are, are managed differently and how it was being done differently so much today, and, and this and that and the other. And, and someone brought up the thing of, and said, well, that's not how the early church did it. And I kind of sat there and thought to myself for a minute, and I was like, you know, they just kept kind of chit-chatting and, and about their opinions on that and everything else. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to hold each other accountable to what the early church did. Is that what I'm understanding? Is that what you're suggesting? And uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said, is your house on the market? Well, what do you mean? I was like, well, the early church sold their house and all that they had and gave it to the church. So is your house on the market? Because if it is, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Are you selling your wife's jewelry? Because if not, we're just going to stop right here with that. Are, are, are your cars on Facebook yard sale? Because if not, you don't even know from whence you come. So if, if we're going to start holding us accountable to such words, then let's live it. It was dead silence. I said, I'm done. And I got up and I walked away. <laughs> right? You see, we, 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 get these, we get these fashions of righteousness in our head. We get, these, we get these ideas of what makes us look good to others and what makes us look good to God in our head. But, but when we really start to put them down in comparison to the word of God, we're nowhere close to where God wants us to be. Amen? We're nowhere close to the example we've been given. And yet, we will judge everybody and we will hold everybody accountable by our own notions rather than the Word of God. Amen? And we need to be very careful of that place. 
And because of that, because of that, you think I'm just, I'm just meddling this morning, but, but it really ties in here. Because of that, God gives us outlines of how to live our life. God doesn't give us Ten Commandments, and God doesn't give us the law, and He ultimately doesn't give us the words of Jesus in the New Testament to, to confound us or condemn us or, or, or make us feel bad or make us feel beat up. But what God is doing is God is giving us guidelines to say, man, just live like this. I am trying to protect you. I am trying to protect you. If you, if you live like this, if you, if you accept all that I've given you in my son, Jesus Christ, and if you live according to these simple guidelines, amen, then all the garbage of life is not going to creep into your heart. It's not going to creep into your head, and you're not going to live in destructive ways, right? And, you know, and this, is, this is where the world will step up and say, well, I'm a good person. Okay, you are, but, but you're dabbling in things that are destructive. And the longer you dabble in things that are destructive, the more you keep your heart and your mind open to destruction. Right? What God is really saying to you is, I want to close that door. God is really saying is, I want to close the door to destruction in your life. Amen. I sent my son to redeem you. I sent your son, my son to set you free. But I want to keep you free. Oh, you ought to shout. I want to keep you free. I want to keep you close. I want to keep you glorified. And I want to keep you holy. And I want to keep you full of power. That I have to give and that I have to offer. Amen. So because of that, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. And don't do that. Amen. Why? Because I value what you were created to be. And I want you to become it 110%. I want you to become everything you are meant to be. And in verse chapter 20, he says... That I have brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. And ultimately he's saying to us, so I want to protect you. Verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Amen. We're going to stop there for, for a second and look back at verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, where, where were the Israelites coming from? Egypt. They were coming from Egypt. What did Egypt worship? Multiple gods. Amen. I'm not going to go into the full history, but, but multiple gods. And each of these gods had a different significance as, as to what they were lord of or lord over. Amen. And, and because of that, when, whenever something was needed, whether it was earth, whether it was water, whether it was fire, whether it was whatever... The people would worship them and they would make sacrifices, even human sacrifice sometimes, to these gods to honor them in such a way that brings them into what they feel worthiness 
of that God, right? And, and without going into each one individually, that this was the concept with, it, with which these Israelites grew up under and knew and, and understood. And all they had were, were the, 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 old, the old church guys, right, reminding them of Jehovah God. They had never seen the works. They had never seen the power. All they had was someone telling them that there was a Jehovah Alpha and Omega God, creator God, that loved and blessed the nation of Israel. I don't know about you, but if I'm in that pack, I'm kind of looking at it, yeah, and I'm getting whipped across the back every day. Where, where is that God? You know, I can see evidence of fire. I can see evidence of earth. I can see evidence of all this. So maybe those gods exist. Right? But now God is saying to them, I have shown you who I am. I have shown you who I am. I have shown you what I'm capable of. The gods of Egypt I brought down with seven plagues just like that. They had no control over what I did. I am God. I am, like you said to Moses at the burning bush, I am that I am. And I've shown you that I am. Amen. I have brought down the foundations of knowledge of Egypt in front of you. So have no other gods before me. Because they aren't even, number one, they don't exist. But number two, if they did, they're not even on my level. Amen. Because what they claim fame to, I created. I made. And I showed you that I have power and dominion and control over it. And I'm willing to lead you into that same power. I'm willing to lead you into that same glory. But you've got to bring yourself to me. Have no other God before me. Amen? Now, I don't, I don't think anybody here worships other gods, right? And, and in a minute, we're going to talk about idols, and we're going to talk about idolatry and different things. And while there are other religions in this world that do worship other gods, it is important for us that as we transverse what God has given to us, and we step into all that God has prepared for us, just like he did for Adam and Eve, who chose to go another way, amen, we are called to a place to where we acknowledge God and God alone, Right? And we talked about destruction a little bit ago. The more we entertain the things of this world, the more we entertain the idea of accepting things that are foreign to this precept, the more we allow destruction to be in us and around us. And we must bring ourselves forth from that, forth from that. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen doesn't mean we don't love people. doesn't mean we don't love people. We love people. Amen? I don't care what, who or what somebody worships. I'm going to love them. I'm going to treat them well. Amen? And I'm going to welcome them into my church. But I am not going to, I, I'm not going to give up what I believe. Amen? And we have to have a very strong line on that. Verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that it is in the earth beneath or that it is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself 
to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep thy commandments. So now, now what God is saying is God is saying you're coming out of bondage because of the sins of your fathers. You know, that generational talk. He's saying that you ended up in Egypt because they chose to worship idol after idol after idol. They led themselves into slavery. They led themselves into bondage because they followed things that were not of me. I gave them warnings. I gave them teachings. I gave them the understanding that these things will lead you to destruction, but they continued to follow these false gods, these false prophets, and, and these ideas and understandings and teachings that lead us away from who I am. So I'm telling you, no more. No more. Amen? No more. Nothing graven. Nothing graven. Meaning, what does it mean? It means it is graven, it is engraved, it is graven in your heart. Amen? Engraved is on your heart. Graven is in. Amen? He's saying put nothing else in your heart that will lead you away from all that I am. No gods before you, and nothing into your heart, and nothing into your mind that infiltrates your heart and pulls you away from my power and my glory. Amen? All along, he's saying, I want to bless you. Amen? All along, he's saying, I want to bless you, but get the gunk out. Get the stuff out. Out because that stuff leads you to destruction. No more graven images. Amen. Bob and I, he didn't even know what the message was on. I don't think he did. This, this morning he said, nope. Um, this morning we didn't even talk about it. And I said, you know, I said, I think so many things and so many things in this life is, has more to do with not what's on the outside, but it has more to do with what's in our heart. And, and the more we, we, we dilly-dally around with things and, and, and try to convince ourselves that they're okay, and slowly but surely they find their way into our heart, then they lead us to destruction. Just like it, just like it did the, the, the generations talked about here by God. God's saying, man, I, I did everything in my power to, to pour my love and, and my glory and, and, and my abilities on Onto your fathers and the generations before you, but they continued to put things in their heart that took them away from me. And because of that, you grew up in bondage. You grew up a slave to their sin, right? And so what God is doing here in the Ten Commandments is He's given us, He's given us a guardrail that basically says to us, don't live, don't live like your fathers did. Don't live like those before you that, that bore you into slavery. Instead, receive all of the love and the power and the glory that I'm wanting to bestow on you. Just don't put things in your heart that are bad and that will lead you astray and take you to places um, that you don't 
want to go. <clears throat> Verse 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. I want to take a huge step back here, right? And, and you know, a lot of us think this is real easy, right? This, this is one of the easiest ones, right? Just don't say GD, right? No, it goes way beyond that. Amen? It, this, this, is, this is a an order from God that, that brings us into his presence and into his mindset to where we are aligned in him and with him in all of our being. You say, well, now what, what does that mean, Jay? All I, all I know is don't take the Lord's name in vain. Amen. And certainly we shouldn't say we shouldn't say certain things, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to give you that back. But in addition to not saying certain things, we have got to come to a place to where we speak as God speaks. To where we minister from our mouth and our actions and our deeds the same as God ministers. Amen? And we should not put anything of ourselves to God's reputation. Are you with me? Are you really with me? Because I think we have to understand this. Because in today's church culture, we got a whole lot of, well, God said, God said we're supposed to do this. Well, God told me we're supposed to do this. Well, God said this. And what it is, it's a whole lot of people caught up in themselves doing what they want to do and trying to get a whole lot of people to follow them into it. By saying it was God. And when we do that, and if we do that amiss, we're taking his name in vain. Anytime we say, trust me, honey, I told you I ran from this for two years. <laughs> I ran from this for years. Amen? Because, because I did not want to be the guy up here standing and teaching you and telling you something. And messing it up myself and ultimately taking his name in vain. Because that, that when we're caught up in ourselves and we're doing our thing and we're trying to push what we want without, without a spiritual inclination of what God wants, we're taking his name in vain. Amen? So be careful telling me what you dream. Be careful telling me what you think. Be careful telling me what God is supposed to do. Now, I'm not saying don't do those things because God moves in that way. God moves in dreams and God moves in visions and God moves in ways that lead us and draw us to a holy place. But what I'm saying to you is don't take his name in vain by convincing others to go to a worldly place and a place of damnation and say it's him. Because it's not. All I'm saying is if we, if we wash our clothes, if we consecrate ourselves, if we bring ourselves to a place of holiness where God moves and works in us, 
And then we can speak freely about him. Amen. Yeah, I shout again. Amen. Because then we can speak freely about him. Then I can tell you what God showed me last night. Then I can tell you what God's got on my heart. Amen. Because I know I had no ulterior motives. I know I wasn't trying to self-promote. I know I wasn't trying to make something bigger than it really was. I know I wasn't trying to make something up and and get you on my side because I said God's in it. Y'all with me? Y'all for quiet. Amen. Hey, look, I know this pushes us. It pushes me. Amen. But it's a guardrail. It is a guardrail for me and it is a guardrail for you that says to me, keep your life on the road. Keep your life in the path. Keep your life where I am because I am holy. Amen. Not me, God, right? God is holy. God is just. God is powerful. God is full of glory and he is wanting to pour that into you. Fully pour that into you. Amen. But he's saying, don't don't do it amiss, right? Don't do it amiss. Truly come to me. Truly abide in me. And then you can speak freely. Because when, when we come in relationship, when we come in the holy place, Amen. And that's what this was all about, was Moses going into the holy place, hearing what God had to give, and then taking it to the people who had not brought themselves to a place of holiness yet. Amen. And because of that, God's saying, okay, i gotta give, I got to give you guidelines. i got to give you guardrails. i got to show you how to keep Egypt out. Amen. Which is what God is doing here. So I'm going to show you how to keep Egypt out with these things and then I'm going to ask you to come to me amen so that you can speak freely about me thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that does big words man Words that make us take a step back. Words that make us really chew and exercise on the fullness of God. What did Jesus say? Jesus, the Son of God, the man who knew no sin, talked about the fullness of God. What was he talking about? He was talking about this. He was talking about this kind of relationship. He was talking about this kind of of intimacy with God. Amen? To truly know him in all of those ways. And in all of his depths. And in all of his power. And in all of his glory. Amen? If we think, if we think about what we think intimacy means as men and women. Amen? And then we portray that to an intimate relationship with God. Amen? We're ultimately saying, I want to know you on every level and in every depth and in every understanding. Amen? These words aren't just there to play with. These words are there for a reason because God wants us in Him and full of Him and absorbed by Him in all that we say and do. Amen? And and I know we hear that and we think, man, that's a tall order, Jay. Yeah, it is. Man, it's not just, it's not, I'm not just making a tall order for you. It's a tall order for me, right? But we're called to a place where God, with these guardrails, 
with these guidelines is going to continually bring us into his presence and bring us into a place where our depth and relationship with him is intimate. And then we can live in that place. Then we can speak from that place and then we can operate from that place. Amen? There are way too many people getting up here singing, getting up here playing instruments, getting up here preaching this word. Amen? With graven images all over them and taking his name in vain in almost every word they speak because of the way they live their lives Monday through Saturday. Amen? And it, it's, it's all over the world, man. It's not just here in Putnam County. It's not just in West Virginia, man. It's, it's worldwide. We see it everywhere. I'm going to be honest with you. There are very few books in the Christian bookstore, new books, in the Christian bookstore that I can pick up and go through. I, I get, I get two, two chapters or so in, and I'm just like, wrong, wrong. Ooh, that's a real twist. And yeah, I'm just kind of done here. Amen. Because we have we have placated, we have placated religion and, and placated the church to the point and the place that we we're now taking the Lord's name in vain. In all that we are and in all that we do. And we don't even we don't even realize it anymore. We're just we're just like these in bondage who were born into it and don't even know it. Amen. Because nothing pure and nothing true is presented any longer. Amen. Let's let's not be. Let's not be that kind of church. Verse eight. It's the last one we're doing today. So y'all, 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 we're not going to be here till two o'clock. I don't think. Remember the Sabbath. To keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that are in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, there's a whole lot. I mean, I... I, I you hear me say this all the time. I could preach a series on this verse. Amen. And maybe one day I will. Right. But what we what we need to grasp for the context of, of this God of the mountain series, what we need to grasp about the Sabbath is exactly what it says here. It tells us to keep it holy. Amen. To not do this, this, this or this and not let our sons or daughters do it either. Amen. And then he says to us, amen. The Lord did all that he did in six days and rested. God is still calling us into himself. God is still calling us into where he is. God is still making a pact of holiness with me and you. Amen. Do you see that? Do you get that? God is saying, I will empower you and I will bless you and I, I will make you a holy nation and, and a blessed priesthood. You will be a pure and holy priesthood before all that come to you. Amen. But follow these guidelines and one of them is to keep the Sabbath holy. To keep 
the seventh day holy. Why? Because I want you to be like me, and I want you to step back and look at all that you have done by your hands and the power of my glory vested in you and know that it was good. What did, what did God say when, when he created the earth and on the seventh day he rested and he looked at all of it? And what did he say? Amen. Everything that he created, everything that he made was good. That word good in, in, in the, I'm having trouble speaking this morning. The guys upstairs will tell you I was, I was all over the place. God created the earth and he stepped back and he saw that it was good. So what God is calling us to here, amen, and there, there's a whole lot, like I said, there's a whole lot, but what I want you to get this morning in this idea of God of the mountain is I want you to get that God is telling us to come into him fully and completely, no other gods before him, nothing else graven on our heart and no vanity in our mouth or in our mind as far as what we speak about him or each other, amen. Oh, I didn't hit that, did I? Maybe we'll go back, maybe we won't. But, but no vanity in what we speak about him or each other, but, but bringing ourselves to a holy place by the work of our hands through his power and glory in us and step back and see that it's good. You go back to the original translation in the Hebrew of that word good in Scripture, and it's pure. Pure. God looked and saw that all he had done was pure. And friend, he's calling you and I there. <laughs> right here. He's calling us to that same place. That all we commit to him and all that we live for him and all that we work for him Monday through Saturday. Amen. Yeah, I know. There's was. Theirs was Saturday, ours is Sunday, and everything else. I, you know, I think as long as you have a Sabbath, that, that's the important thing. Amen. Can we truly step back and know that we lived our week with no other gods before him? Did we live our week with no graven image in our heart or, or, or fixing that graven image on someone else's heart even? Did we not take his name in vain, either by anger and, and mouth or, or by what we laid to him that was never his in the first place? Can we step back and see that our six days are good? That our six days were authored by him and his power and glory over our life? God's calling us there, man. God is calling us to this place. That we can put our head on the pillow at night and know that we know that we know that there is nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to hide from. Amen. You, you want to know why fear and anxiety is a muck in this land? It is because we are so against the things of God in our daily life and we don't even know it. We don't even know it. Amen. Why? Because we're just like this third and fourth generation that just brought up under the gods of another nation, under the gods of another person, under the, the, the graven images on someone else's heart. We've been brought up there, so we don't even know the power and the glory of God to know not to be afraid. Amen? 
That's why a friend of mine was really giving people down the road about being afraid of this and being afraid of that. And I said, they don't know any better. You know, I get frustrated with it too, right? But the reality is they don't know any better. They, they were raised in fear. They were raised under graven images, and they were raised under, under this, this mindset that is anything but holy, but told that it's good enough. Amen? God wants us to step back and look at all that we're doing and see that it's good. See that what we did, we did for the right reasons and for the right people. Amen? See that, see that how we came into his presence was even good. Amen? Just like I said, man, sometimes I can, I can read stuff and just be like, whoa, and flip a few, few pages of my Bible, and I'm like, yeah, that, that's garbage. Amen? And I'm, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't read as many books as I used to, and those of you that have seen some of the tubs of boxes I've got, you know I've, I've read a lot of books over the years. Amen? But I'm, I'm to the place, GB, where I don't read a whole lot anymore because most of it's garbage. Most of it is, is, is watered down theology and mentality, amen, so that we can continue to take the Lord's name in vain from our pulpits. And, and, it, and it's frightening and it's scary to me. But I want to I go in and trust me, Chris and others will tell you that when I blow it up here, there is nobody harder on me than me, right? Because... I work hard not to blow it up here. I spend a lot of time making sure I don't. Amen? Not saying I don't, but sometimes I do. And trust me, there's a whole lot of face in, in the dirt when it happens. Because I don't want to be that one that takes his name in vain, that puts a graven image in front of you, or does anything to declare something else holy in this place other than him. Amen. And I want to I spend my week working for him and his glory. And step back at the end of all of it and know that it was good. Amen. Because that's where he's calling me. And I, I, I want you to get that. Amen. He's calling you to that place. This isn't, this isn't God sitting up there going, keep the Sabbath holy. Right. This is God saying, no, friend, live, live a life in, in such a manner and in such a way that you can step back just like me and see that it's good. See that it's good. See that it's holy. See that it's blessed and see that it feeds other people. Amen. That's where we're called to. That's where God is calling us to. The God of the mountain is calling us to the mountain. Amen. The God of the mountain is calling us to where he is and to do the things he does by his power and by his glory. So come to the mountain. Come to the mountain. Amen. The barricades are only there for those who choose not to do it his way. The barricades and the blockades are only there for those who choose to do it of their own accord and not his. When you come to the God of the mountain, then you are welcome on the mountain. Stand and sing.